1: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.
0: Well, this is Betting Weekly Extra Time European Edition La Liga and Liga, scheduled to start this weekend. So there's no better time to tackle the futures markets across both leagues. And I've got three esteemed handicappers to join me, Dan Roebuck, to bring you the best value plays ahead of the campaigns in Spain and in France getting underway. Steve West, James Easton and Rory Barlow are all on the crew to mark your card. Welcome, one and all. An awful lot to get through. We'll talk title race, relegation markets, betting without, match bets, top goal scorers. And we've got... A player special as well. We're going to kick off in France. Steve and James, of course, were our main handicappers for Liga uh, last season. Paris Saint-Germain minus five hundred, Marseille plus eleven hundred, Monaco plus two thousand, Lille plus two thousand two hundred. When I look at the market, Steve, and this is probably happens every single year, I tend to back away because I think I don't want to back Paris Saint-Germain. It's such a short price for me. There is no value at all. I don't want to bet that short. For a seizing long bet, but then you realise that Lille plus five thousand a few years ago, Monaco five or six years ago plus two thousand. Am I leaving money on the table by completely swerving the market?
1: Well, do you know what Dan? It's um, it's interesting. They've won. PSG have won the Liga title nine of the last eleven seasons. Only Monaco and Lille have managed to wrestle the crown away from them during that period. And you're right, a lot of people look at the league out market and just immediately think, I don't want to get involved because PSG, they're a banker, but they're too short. Minus 500 uh, with Bet Rivers. But, um, I mean, to be honest, last season, I didn't think they even deserved to win the title, really. They didn't play very well. It was just a simple case of the chasing pack did not do enough to hunt them down, and uh. You know, in another year, if someone had actually got their act together, I don't think it would have been a PSG title. And that's why they've changed their manager this summer. That's why Christophe Galtier is out of the door. Luis Enrique has come in. Um, minus 500. I mean, I, I think they probably will win the title, yes. But, um, you know, I'm not interested. I, I'm very rarely interested in backing en- anything at that sort of price anyway. And certainly not over the course uh, of a whole season. And, you know, based on what I saw on the field last season as well, I I couldn't really personally get involved. But they are a fair favourite. The price, the odds are probably relatively fair as well. But um, not for me personally, in terms of the betting perspective.
0: James, when you looked at those Lille and Monaco wins at big prices, in hindsight, Would you have backed them? Could you have seen the angle at this stage of the season? Or was it just that Paris Saint-Germain didn't perform for those particular years? You know, am I missing something by not looking at the longer odds teams for Liga?
2: Yeah, good question. Um, On the Lille title win, definitely uh, not. I don't think there was any sign at the start of the season that they were going to win it. Monaco, you're going back to 2016 there. It was a great team, wasn't it? When you think of the players in that team, Fernando, uh, Bernardo Silva, Falcao, obviously a young Mbappe. Did we know before the season began that it was going to turn into that great team? I, I don't think we, we did, actually. So it is hard. And in fact, I think the problem with this, this market, uh, Dan, is, is not this season actually PSG. It's, it's knowing which of the other teams to back if you were going to oppose PSG. I can see a blanket finish this season behind PSG. I I don't think the gap will necessarily be very big between PSG and the chasing pack. Um, PSG have got weaker. They've lost Lionel Messi. And I I know he wasn't universally popular with the PSG fans, but he was a huge player for them last season statistically. And they're probably going to lose Mbappe. They will be weaker um, as we're talking this morning. So I think the gap... Well, was already quite small last year. It could be quite small. But the issue is I don't know which of the teams behind them I'd be willing to back based on the prices. I think Marseille on paper looked the second strongest team in this division, but I can see it being quite close. So if there was an option to back against PSG, any other winner, I wouldn't talk anybody out of it. Put it that way, because I think the price would be quite attractive. But the issue really at this stage of the season is knowing if they are to lose the title, which team is it going to be from the pack that will beat them? And at the moment, that is very difficult to say.
0: Yeah, the field against Paris Saint-Germain would be interesting. Uh, Steve, you mentioned uh, Luis Enrique uh, coming in. Uh, Rory, you're principally here, obviously, to talk about La Liga. But given the fact that uh, Luis Enrique is a former uh, Spain uh, coach and, of course, Barcelona coach, I mean, tell us what sort of coach he might be at Paris Saint-Germain because he ticks some of the boxes. He's a Champions League winner and recent incumbents at Paris Saint-Germain. Yes, they've had profile, but they've not had anyone who's won the big trophy since Carlo Ancelotti. I think I've got that right. And you'd like to think that he might be the man to give Paris Saint-Germain what they want, which is not necessarily another league and title, but obviously the Champions League. Just tell us a bit about Luis Enrique from your point of view and do you think he's a good fit at PSG?
3: Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting that you've got Luis Enrique and Marcelino García Toral, who's obviously in charge of Marseille as well. So you've got two Spanish coaches who are very kind of well-renowned for being pretty hard on their players, being very kind of aggressive in the way they go about things and being very intense people. Um, I think in Spain, the kind of view is that, I mean, Lucho, as he's known, Luis Enrique, his name literally means in Spanish, I fight. Um, so, so yeah, I like I think the view from Spain is that we've got a manager here that culturally, I think PSG is where they tend to fall down. It's that kind of that ability to know what to do in big moments. It's that ability for somebody to step up and uh, kind of take the frying pan by the handle and, and really kind of ensure that they get through these ties. What people in Spain think is that culturally, if Luis Enrique can't sort them out, then it's a bit of a lost cause and you need to tear it all down. So, so yeah, I think Luis Enrique is not a guy who suffers fools, He really does not kind of uh, put up with any nonsense. And so I think at at PSG, in theory, that should go down well. But so many times we've seen managers, we've seen kind of players come into PSG and you think that that's the perfect solution. Like Sergio Ramos should have come in, should have been that kind of leader from the back. But time and time again, we've just seen PSG kind of flame out in the Champions League. And so whether they can deliver on that, I mean, I wouldn't like to back for it because I think personally, I think it's more of a leadership issue. But uh, yeah, if anyone can, Lucho can.
0: Be interesting to see what happens, of course, with Paris Saint Germain. They are very short price favourites to win Liga yet again. It brings us on to the betting without market, really. Uh, and James, you've suggested that it's difficult really to pick one of the chasing pack to win the league without Paris Saint Germain. And this is without Paris Saint Germain, not just to finish second. Uh, Marseille plus two hundred in this market. Monaco plus four hundred. Lens plus four hundred. Lille. 600, Lyon plus six hundred. Leon plus six hundred. Ren uh, plus eight hundred. James, when I was looking at the teams here, I'm trying to work out which clubs have lost significant players, which have added. And when it comes to Liga, the best players do tend to go, n- namely to to England, sometimes to to Spain. I look at Lons who won this market last year. They've lost a Pender to Leipzig. Which are the the teams that have been weakened significantly or strengthened significantly? In your opinion.
2: Yeah, I think Lance stand out, uh, Dan, as a team who have been weakened uh, significantly. They finished second, obviously, last season. I would not be backing them to do so again. They've lost Lois Apenda, as you've mentioned, who was... uh, So important last year with 21 goals for them in the league. They've also lost Seko Fafana in midfield, who people that don't watch League One closely might have missed, certainly in terms of how well he's played. This has been one of the best midfielders in League One over the last two seasons. He's been a League One uh, Player of the Year contender on the shortlist. So he's a huge loss as well. And they've also got the extra pressure and exertion of the uh, Champions League group stage, which is uh, something that will distract them um, as well as take a lot out of them. So I think it's very unlikely that we'll see lance challenge actually for second place again. They're certainly the team near the top of the table who've got weaker. Um, I think at the moment, and I should say as things stand, because I think there will be uh, more transfer activity in League One over the next three weeks, but as things stand... I think Monaco, I think Lille, uh, Lyon, arguably even Rennes are probably about as strong as last year. That's certainly, if you look at their starting 11s, how they're likely to line up when everybody's fit. Marseille, you could argue, have got maybe a bit stronger in attack. They've lost Alexis Sanchez, who was very good for them last season, but they've gained Aubameyang in attack, which is a bit of a straight swap, really, um, in terms of quality. And they've added a bit more in attack by bringing in uh, Ismail Assar from Watford and also Illiman India Ndi from uh, Sheffield United. So potentially they have a bit more going forward. But I think it's very difficult, Dan, to pick out one of these teams at this stage. I'm going to put in another name for you here, who they're seventh on the list. And that name is Nice. Nice are available at plus 1,000 in this market. So that's you know the market saying they're seventh favourites. I think they're too big. I think Nice are too big for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think their starting eleven is arguably as good as any starting eleven in League 1 this season outside of PSG and arguably uh, Marseille. So just to run through some of the names in the, the Nice team, you've got Jean-Claire Tadebo at centre-back. You've got Kefren Turam in midfield, who we thought was going to leave this summer, but at the moment it looks as though he's going to stay. Um, they brought in Morgan Sanson, on loan from Aston Villa, who did pretty well for Strasbourg in this division last year. They've got Terran Moffi in attack, who made Steve an absolute stack of cash uh, last season in the goal-scoring markets. So the, the Nice starting eleven is pretty strong. And, and one thing I think is crucial here, Dan, is they're not in Europe. And I think part of the reason that Lens did so well in League 1 last year was because they weren't in Europe either. So I think Nice potentially can benefit from the same sort of thing. If they can keep those players fit and they won't be working that hard then I think they've got a real chance. Do I think they're the second best team in League One behind PSG? No. Do I think that they're the third? Probably probably not. But I think it's about the odds here, Dan. I think at plus 1,000, if you're going to look for a team to come out of nowhere and do well, then, then Nice could be the pick. So they're not one of my official picks on the show, but in this market, they're a team that I would certainly take into account.
0: A little bit of a lean. Plus 1,000, Nice betting without. We are... 11 and a bit minutes in. We haven't had an official pick, so about time that we got one. Steve, you like a team in this market. Explain all.
1: Yeah, I think before uh, I explain this pick, I will actually just mention a bit about Nice as well. They are a team to watch this season. They've got an exciting young manager, Francesco Farrioli, um, a former assistant under Roberto De Serbi, um, at, uh, the Brighton manager, of course. So I think we're going to see a really good enterprising style of play from Nice. Bet Rivers don't actually have a top goal scorer market in the futures for League R, but you know who my pick would be. It, it was it would be Terran Moffy. Um, I've seen him with some other books, around 20 to 1. I think you could do an awful lot worse than back Terran Moffy to be the top League scorer. But back to this uh, without PSG market and Marseille, the team I'm going to back here at plus 200. I just think it's, for me, it's more clear who should be the main challenger to PSG. And I actually very nearly even considered taking Marseille straight on the nose at um, plus 1,100, because I, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the strengths of PSG first. And I think the biggest area um, of, of strength for them is actually in defence now. I really like uh, the defensive setup for, for PSG. They've added uh, a couple of really good new players, Luca Hernandez, uh, Milan Skriniar. I think the back four and goalkeeper look really strong. I could see them winning to nil quite a lot this season, PSG. But maybe we don't know what's going to happen to Mbappe. Um, just say he he left the club or he went on exile or whatever um, strike, then they might lack a little bit offensively. So I'm not going to rule out Marseille or, or maybe even someone else actually winning the title. But it's more sensible to back in the without the PSG market. Uh, considering they've won nine of the last 11 titles. Marseille at plus 200. What do I like about Marseille? Well, I think they finished third last year and they didn't really actually play that well. Um, Igor Tudor was there for one season. The manager, I don't think he ever really won over the Marseille fans, if we're being brutally honest. Um, he He didn't fail at Marseille, but he didn't succeed either. But I think it wasn't all in vain because he... Will have left a certain imprint. The, the mental side of Igor Tudor was quite interesting. I think he might have toughened up some of the players in this squad, um, maybe make a few more than winners. Uh, and they brought in a manager who maybe Rory can tell us a little bit about, Marcelino, former Athletic Bilbao, Valencia, Villarreal, Severe manager. He's managed half of Spain, to be fair. Um, he really has. I mean, what struck me is that he's had a couple of fourth-place finishes at Valencia, in the last decade. Now, I think that takes some doing Valencia, a real mess of a club at times, aren't they? It's a tough working environment. I think that's a really good uh, bit of experience for him to have in his back pocket because Marseille, it can get rather crazy on the South coast, everything here. Um, so I think Marseille you know, is going to be ready for the the challenge. Um, I like how they've signed in the transfer market so far. Ishmael Assar from Watford, um, and Di from Sheffield United, two exciting young talents. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, what's he got left in his tank? He, he might be a complete flop, but if he regains his hunger and, you know, he's a really instinctive finisher. So I think they've reinforced offensively, probably a couple of doubts at the back still, but um, at plus 200. I just think this season, Marseille, there's no excuses for them not to at least finish second at plus 200, um, I think, looks a good bet to me uh, in, in without the PSG market, that
0: Interesting pick. That's uh, Marseille for Steve. First pick in the book. We've got many more to come. We're going to move from a one-horse race to a two-horse race, uh, maybe a three-horse race uh, when it comes to La Liga. Atleti won the title a few years ago, at plus 9,000. Barcelona uh, were plus 130, plus 900, I should say, Atleti. Uh, Barcelona plus 130 last year, won by 10 points, Uh, Rory, Real Madrid favourites this season though at even money, just fill us in with the storylines around the big two over the course of the summer
3: Yeah, I think it's hard to escape the Mbappe factor, that's always going to be the defining factor for me in this title race too I think if Mbappe does not join Real Madrid, then I personally make Barcelona favourites, if he does then I think Real Madrid are strong, strong favourites and I almost couldn't see them losing the title from that point of view, I actually think as things stand, both of these sides are weaker than they were last season I think losing Benzema is a massive factor for me. For Barcelona, you're looking at a side that's lost Sergi Busquets, it's lost Jordi Alba, who of course wasn't starting, but Dembélé also looks like he's on his way out to PSG. And you've got a side that's going to be moving up to because They're going to be playing in a different stadium with a running track around it. They've got um, about 40 less thousand fans in that stadium, so so that's going to be a different kind of uh, factor for them to deal with. And and their home form last year was outstanding. I think. Was it kind of five six goals they conceded at home all last season so that's going to be uh, quite a difficult change for them to kind of come to terms with I think with Atletico Madrid I really like what they're doing I like the way they came off the end of last season I think it's uh, yeah definitely going to be a good season for Atleti if things work out but I think the other two are just going to be a bit too strong but yeah I do think we're going to see more drop, point- this, drop points this season and I think for me, the defining factor it has to be that Benzema one. If, if you want my pick just now, I'm going to go Barcelona at plus 140. But that comes with that caveat. If Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, I make them strong favourites. If you think Mbappe is going to Real Madrid, if you've got a strong feeling about that, which uh, I'm staying away from because I don't think that uh, any of the personalities involved can be trusted in this kind of saga, then I think you should go and put your money on Real Madrid. But as things stand, I like Barcelona just a little bit more. I think... There's that 10-point gap, but let's not forget that Barcelona, they kind of tailed off a little bit towards the end of last season. And although I do think they're going to be weaker, I think they're going to drop more points, they're going to have an increased focus on Europe. I still think that they're probably just going to be a little bit more consistent than Real Madrid.
0: When it comes to Real Madrid, this is Carlo Ancelotti's last season. Is, is, that, is that for sure, Rory?
3: Well, it is, it's interesting you should say that Angelotti Ancelotti <laughs> said that he will stay as long as he can or as long as it's possible. It's the final year of his contract. Everyone is assuming that he's leaving. The Brazil kind of president of the Brazilian Federation has said that he's joining next summer. There's, there's a little bit of a cat and mouse here with kind of Real Madrid and Brazil, I think. I think Real Madrid don't want to be seen to be losing him. Equally, they don't want to sack him and they can't really come out and say he's leaving because that will rob him of some of the power that he has currently. I think if if players know that a manager's on their way out, then it's very easy for standards to slip. I do think it's going to be his last season. And I think as interesting as anything is the fact that this is Ancelotti's third season. Not since 2003, as he made a third season with the club. That was AC Milan back in that kind of very long spell he had there. But it's only the second time in his career, or will be the third time in his career, sorry, that he's reached the third season with the club. So we're going to see an Ancelotti that we've not seen before with time to work that we've not seen before. And it'll be about, I think, whether he can maintain those standards because we've always kind of viewed Ancelotti as this kind of soft hand at the tiller, somebody that manages the dressing room very well, that kind of uh, ensures that the club is running smoothly. And he tends to come in after these very intense managers, the likes of kind of Pep Guardiola or Jose Mourinho, who kind of installed these very intense systems. And he kind of loosens things up a bit. So now it's going to be on Ancelotti to be that kind of harder kind of presence, I think, and ensure that his side, his, his uh, team kind of meets the standards every single week in La Liga, which will be ultimately the target, because I don't think anybody's necessarily aiming for the Champions League this season, even if Real Madrid are always a contender.
0: Uh, j- just bring James in here just for one second on Mbappe. What is the story? I mean, is he the way I read it? He might be going to Saudi for a season and then Real Madrid, or is he going to go to Real Madrid? Is he not going to play at Paris Saint Germain? James, what's what's your sort of latest on, on, on the Mbappe situation?
2: Yeah, I don't think Saudi's an option. He seems completely against that idea, and uh, that didn't surprise me because he is focused on on being the best in the world and knows that his chances of being seen as that would take a hit. Um, if he was playing over there, even even if he was storing a stack of goals. I, I think it's at the moment, as we as we sit here this morning, I think it's very difficult to see how he can play for PSG uh, this season. We know they're back from their pre-season tour of Japan. We know that he won't be training with the first team um, when they do get back and and, and prepare for the first game Uh, This weekend, he's training with the players who are expected to leave. There's some other big names in that group, actually, at PSG, but he's obviously the biggest. I don't think relations can be repaired to the point that we see Kylian Mbappe playing for PSG, certainly in the next month. Now, If he doesn't leave, uh, Dan, in August, and he is still a PSG player on September the 5th, what do they do? Well, I think they will pick him, and I think he will get on with it because he wants to have a great season. But I think the idea over the next three weeks, certainly, is that they will try to sell him. It's a case of who will blink first. Will, Will an offer come in from Real Madrid, or will they wait until PSG get desperate? Because PSG do want to sell him. Make no mistake, they are serious about that. They want money for him, and they know if they don't sell him, This summer, then he will leave for free. They want the money, so it's going to have to be a case of wait and see. But certainly, day by day by day, relations are deteriorating. And I personally think the longer that goes on, the less likely it is that he will be playing for PSG this season. Yeah, and
0: Mbappe's uh, future plays a huge part in the odds when it comes to La Liga, as Rory was pointing out at the minute. It's even Real Madrid-Barcelona plus 140. Rory likes barcelona uh, plus 140 here. Atleti plus 800 at the moment. And then uh, La Real plus 4,000. We get into massive prices and we really get into to sort of top four La Liga betting after that because that's potentially where we've got some value. And we've got picks from Steve and Rory uh, for this one. Uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, obviously very short. Atleti uh, minus 305. Uh, Real Sociedad uh, plus 200. Sevilla plus 225, Villarreal plus 250, Athletic Club plus 300. Steve, I'll let you go first in this one. I know you're principally uh, France, but of course, uh, this is the European show this season. So we're going to get picks from all of our guests across various different leagues. Who do you like when it comes to the top four markets, Steve?
1: Well, first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about, about the, uh, the outright odds for the for the title there. Real Madrid plus 100 and Barcelona plus 140. It's interesting. This is a very difficult title to defend um, in the last decade. Um, in fact, sorry, in the last 12 years, it's only been done twice. Um, so, um, you know, the last four champions have failed to defend the La Liga crown. And that's probably maybe why Real Madrid are favourites as well. Because it always feels like whoever wins it... sorry, whoever doesn't win it the previous season out of those two sides is extra motivated the next campaign. That's why Real Madrid have gone into the transfer market big this summer and they might not be finished in that department. So, a lot does depend uh, who's playing for who at the end of of August. But I I would personally maybe lean towards Real Madrid over the whole course of a season there. But um, my official pick for La Liga outright is in the top four market and I'm going with Real Sociedad, uh, plus 200. Um, a team who finished fourth last year. Now, whenever I saw them, they, they, they were a good team to watch, Real Sociedad. And um, I'm quite a bit of a metrics man these days. And I was looking at the expected goals. Not, nothing expected wrong goals with that, Steve. And expected points. And, I mean, James will be well aware of this. I have teams on my suspicious list, teams that are overachieving, yep. underachieving, things like that. And Real Sociedad, incredibly, actually underachieved by nearly 12 goals in terms of expected uh, XG. So that surprises me that they actually managed to get into the top four, despite that underachievement. So you're looking at a side that certainly legitimately finished in, 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 those top four positions and there might well be room for improvement. And I've looked at their, their transfer market, their window. Clearly, if you are underachieving in front of goal, you need to sort out that problem. Andre Silva coming in on a loan transfer from Red Bull Leipzig. And, He's a streaky striker. He had a poor year last season, but his overall career has been pretty pretty damn good, actually, the uh, Portuguese forward. So I wonder if he could maybe fill a hole and actually convert those chances that they've been missing. Hamari Traore, coming in from Rennes on a free transfer, looks a tremendous piece of business. I think he's been one of the best right-backs in France um, in the last decade, really. Um, so I think already they're looking fairly strengthened, Um I, I'm such surprised at plus 200 for a team that finished fourth last year. I know they've got to contend now with being in the Champions League, which is not always easy for sides that are not used to that sort of thing. It looks a wide open market to be fair. Um, you know, Several sides, I think, will be fancying if we presume that Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid do finish in the top four as well. It's wide open for another spot. Several sides might fancy it. Real Sociedad, why not again? A side that I, as I say, I do think looking at their metrics, looking at their, their transfer window so far, there is room for imf- improvement. So plus 200 looks a good price to me.
0: Uh, Rory, give us your thoughts on the market and your pick as well.
3: Yeah, I'll start off with my pick. That's Villarreal at plus 250. And I'll kind of come on to explain why I think that is. Just to add a little bit more context to what Steve was saying, Villarreal will have Umar Sadiq back as well. He was their kind of record signing after Alexander Isak left for Newcastle last season. Missed the whole season last season. So he, in theory, will come in and kind of compete with Silva for that starting spot. I think they think that he's going to be the one to convert their chances and should uh, should kind of really improve their attack. And Hamari Traore as well, I, I another signing that I really like as well for them because the fullbacks were one of the kind of weaker spots for La I think the wide-open field is the important point. I mean, we had three seasons in a row in La Liga where Sevilla were not only the fourth-best kind of run side, at least, or, or certainly the fourth-best operation in La Liga. I think there was quite a bit of distance between them and the other sides, even if the points weren't necessarily showing that. Now, it is that wide-open field. I think we've got four teams in it, Sevilla are one of them, La Real or another, Villarreal my pick at plus 250, and Real Betis as well. None of these teams are clear, clear contenders to finish in the top four for me. They've all got weaknesses. They've all got different things to contend with. I'll say with La Real, I think it's been such a positive rise under Emmanuel Aguafield. They've finished uh, fifth, sixth, and fifth and then fourth last season under him. And I think that sixth season as well that they had the Copa del Rey win. So, I mean, you're talking about a team that's almost been on kind of a, a rise that's not stopped for the last kind of four or five years. I wonder if they maybe had a little bit, little bit of a stutter. I mean, they've won the Copa del Rey. they finished the top four. Those are the two kind of targets that they could realistically aim for. And talking about kind of hunger and the way that that affects the title race, I wonder if there's maybe just a little bit of a drop-off. I mean, it's a very good operation, as I say there. I think they've recruited well, but I, th- I think those kind of tiny margins do make a difference. With Villarreal, under Kike Setien, I think they've lost a lot of good pieces in Pau Torres, Samu has gone to Milan. They've lost uh, Nico Jackson as well to Chelsea. So that's a lot of goals, and it's a lot of kind of ballast at the back. But I think Kike Setien is probably at his best as a manager it- in the kind of like 6th to 18th month spell. I think that's when he's kind of at his best. He's going to implement his methods. He'll have a few new recruits to to bed in. But I think Villarreal, similarly, they really kind of need this top four spot. They've achieved everything in Europe that they can kind of aim for in the Europa League and Champions League semi-finals. This is kind of a bit of a changing of the guard, I think. Gerard Moreno should, in theory, be fit again. And he is arguably, I think he, he had a down season last year because of injury, but... If he's fit, I think there's a good argument to say he's maybe the second best striker in La Liga outside of Lewandowski. So that's quite a big factor to to bring into it. Sevilla, Mendeleevar, we saw kind of the Europa League and we'll come on to that in a moment. But yeah, I I just like Villarreal because I think they're going to have that hunger and that consistency. They're not going to be as bothered about the Europa League because of those reasons that we just kind of highlighted. And I think I like Setien who was really on the brink for a few kind of spells last season but now that he's got that backing now that he's got a few more of his own players in, I think he's at kind of the right time in his life cycle here at Villarreal to really make a push for the top four.
0: Uh, VRL plus 250, uh, Real Sociedad plus 200 are the picks that they both could win of course but it would mean that one of Uh, Barcelona, uh, Real or Atleti would uh, miss out. Just very briefly on Sevilla because people are going to look at them, Rory, off the back of a Europa League win and think, well, surely I should be backing Sevilla in this market. And at plus 225, they might appeal to some. Uh, That's a nay for you, I presume?
3: Yeah, look, I mean, that Europa League was incredible the way that he came in and absolutely turned a side around that was two points above the drop when he came in. It was it was ridiculous that they managed to win that Europa League, and so I think parting from there. Even though Mendelibar has uh, removed a lot of kind of the exhaustion that was at Sevilla, a lot of the kind of politics has kind of gone with him because he's kind of a very neutral figure in, in Sevilla's politics, which always plays a big role. And so I think they'll be energized. I think they'll have a little bit more kind of brio. They'll have a little bit more kind of um, aggressiveness in them. And I think they trust Mendelibar having won that Europa League as well. So that's important. I think they'll be back to kind of contention. But there were still a lot of holes in this Sevilla squad. For instance, they're really relying on the likes of Fernando, who's 34, 35 now, to be fit all season. He's kind of a linchpin in that midfield for them. They're kind of still reconstructing their defence. I think there's just one too many issues for me to back them. But as I was saying, it is an open field. I mean, any of these sides, if they put together 10 to 15 solid games, then it's theirs to win.
0: Uh, From teams that we think are going to do well to teams that we think are going to do badly. Liga relegation betting is what we're going to focus on next. Mets are minus 106, Brest plus 140, Lav, uh, plus 140, Clermont plus 300, Lorient plus 500, uh, Nance Montpellier plus 600. The reason I keep going down the list because the two picks from Stephen James here are big prices. Uh, Rance and uh, Toulouse both plus 800. 18 team league now, uh, James. Teams have got to focus. To stay in this division, but still three go down. We've got the return of the playoffs, of course. We didn't have them last year, did we?
2: No. Yeah, that's right, uh, Dan. It's um, it's an interesting market from the prices. We obviously have the two promoted sides, Metz and La Havre, who are short prices. You'd expect that they both will be in the relegation battle, in my opinion. But my pick here is on Nantes, who are available at plus six hundred. Now, that's the market saying that they are the sixth most likely team to go down. I don't think that's true. I think their chances of going down are bigger uh, than that. Nantes only stayed up on the last day last season. And at the moment, they look like a weaker side than they were last season. So it's very difficult to see how they will get out of trouble. Um, They've lost Ludwig Blass, who was their best outfield player. He's gone to Rennes for about 13, 14 million pounds. They're weaker going forward without him. They might lose Alban Lafont, their goalkeeper, before the transfer window closes. He is officially up for sale and he's been one of the best goalkeepers in league one over the last three or four seasons. So Nantes look to me weaker than the market price suggests that they are. We know they have problems off the pitch. We know that they can be running, let's say, an idiosyncratic way. They've had issues in recent seasons and they've struggled to strengthen partly because they haven't invested any money as a club in recruitment for a number of years now. They've used agents predominantly to sign players. Now that they need strengthening, they're actually way behind some of their rivals in terms of trying to identify and then and get hold of players. So I think they'll struggle actually between now and the end of the window to get any better than what they're looking like right now so for me they're a great pick Dan I think the market has priced this up wrong as I say I think they're a better price uh, they should be a better price a shorter price should I say to go down than they are and I think at plus 600 you'll get a run for your money here because I think Nantes will be in trouble at the foot of the table
0: plus 600 big price even bigger price though is to lose which is Steve's pick Steve
1: yeah, I do love a, a good relegation market, Dan. Um, unfortunately, Bet Rivers are not offering one in La Liga. I'm sure Rory was a bit disappointed about that. But um, yeah, we nailed uh, the relegation market last season, didn't we, with James? Yeah. And I actually I think James has got a very valid point about Nantes, who are a bit of a mess of a club. I'm going to take a bit of a, a stab here at value with Toulouse to go down. I must add, the Bet Rivers market here, this is to be directly relegated. They've got to finish in the bottom two, it won't include the playoff. Uh, I don't believe. i have to check the terms and conditions. But bottom two, Toulouse, for me, have made a very risky managerial switch this summer. They've, um, despite winning the league dirt title, despite winning a sensational Coupe de France, Philippe Montagnier was given the boot. And um, this really surprised me. Uh, the official reason was that they expected, I think, around about a 10th place finish and they finished 13th. But I think when you're in, Coupe de France contention. It's it's understandable why you drop down just a few places. And yeah, you know, I really, really likes what to Toulouse were doing as a club. Um, you know they've got the fans back on side and everything like that. And I think it's risky to get rid of a popular manager. They've also lost some key players. Branco van den Boomen, um, Shine Spearings. And I know he was injured last season, but the likes of Reese Healy, um, Maxime Dupay, the goalkeeper, has been really good the last couple of years. I think the heartbeat of the side has been kind of ripped out a little bit. And uh, whilst on paper, they definitely have more quality than, say, three or four teams. No doubt about that. I just think when expectations are high, uh, they're also going to be playing in Europe, by the way, which that can be really difficult to juggle. Just ask Nantes last season. It nearly got them relegated. So I think if things start bad, I've looked at their first six fixtures. They've got some tough ones. So if they suddenly um, find themselves struggling, you know, in the early part of the season, it could. The bad feeling could, the doom and gloom could start falling on to lose again. So I think at plus 800, it is worth a bit of a go. There are definitely two or three teams who are on paper a lot weaker. Mets are odds on favourites. They're the ultimate yo-yo club. Uh, but they've, at the moment, they've got a goal scorer, George Mikatadze, if they can keep him. Uh, Le Havre had an unbelievable defense last season in, in League 2. So, there's no guarantee these two promoted teams will be absolute fodder. So, I think it is worth looking for a bit of value down. Um, the bigger prices to, to go down to lose at plus eight, plus 800. I do like uh, James's pick as well there on Nantes,
0: and it is uh, teams to be directly relegated. Note to self, always look at those T's and C's. Good spot, Steve. Uh, five selections left we've got a player special we've got top goal scorer tip we've got some match bets as well that we're going to rattle through Rory turn to you first here because we've got a, a player special uh, concerning Jude Bellingham uh, and the amount of goals that he's going to score what's the line here what's the bet?
3: Yeah Jude Bellingham at over six and a half goals at minus 139 I think is if not easy money, I think it's a very good bet. Um, it has to be said, I mean, Jude Bellingham's been playing in kind of this uh, role behind the strikers. The two strikers in pre-season have been Rodrigo uh, Rodrigo Goish and Vinicius Jr. And Bellingham, Ancelotti said, look, uh, I mean, he came in and he was training and stuff, but we have found out what his best position is and it's media punta, it's behind the striker. And So that tells you that regardless of even if Mbappe comes in, I think Ancelotti wants to ensure that uh, Bellingham is kind of in that kind of box and he's getting into the box, arriving there I think he'll score goals this season I think he's, he's primed for a role that means that he is that kind of secondary threat for them coming in I think if Mbappe does come in that'll only improve because I think it's important to have somebody in there to distract the defence and then you have somebody arriving from deep I think Bellingham is that man and uh, yeah, he's got the talent to, to put goals away he's looked in very, very fine form in pre-season it has to be said
0: uh, minus 139. It's short, but could be like finding money in the street. I've said that before and never found it. That's Jude Bellingham mm. over six and a half goals, but interesting and good insight from Rory if he's playing in a more advanced role. Scored eight last season in Germany for Dortmund. Uh, match bets, and we've got three of them. Um, James has got two, Steve's got one. James will kick off with you. This is obviously in Liga. What's the first match bet we're playing?
2: Yeah, the first match bet here, Dan, is Ren versus Leon. And I'm backing Wren here, who are the underdogs in this match bet. They're available at plus 130. This is the wrong way round, as far as I'm concerned. Wren should be favourites to finish above Leon. Um, they finished above them last season. They finished six points above Leon last season. And for my money, Wren are as strong, if not a little bit stronger, than they were last season. Whereas Leon probably the same strength as last year, but have got a stack of problems. The first one being the manager, Laurent Blanc, who does not seem particularly well-suited to that job or particularly happy in the job either. Lyon have been hit with not so much a transfer ban, but they've been stopped from buying players when they want and who they want this year until they balanced their books. Something that happens in French football, your your accounts get checked by the league and they tell you whether you can, or, can buy players or not. So... Leon go into this summer with a lot of problems, and I just don't see why they would be favourites to finish above a Wren team who were better than them last season and should be better than them this season. So that was my first of the two match bet picks. That's Wren to finish above Leon at plus 130. And the second one, similar price, it's Nice to finish above Monaco, which is available at plus 140. Very simple, Dan. I think the price here is a little bit wrong as well. Um, If you take that price of plus 140 on Nice to finish above Monaco, it equates to about a 42% chance the market is saying that Nice will finish above Monaco. I make this a straight 50-50 fight. I think Nice, as I've already mentioned in the show, have got a really strong starting eleven this season and they don't have the distraction of Europe. I make it a 50-50 fight between these two rivals down on the French Riviera, uh, about which of the two will finish higher in the league this year. So I think that price of plus 140 on a strong Monaco side is a good pick. So yeah, I think two prices here in the match betting market that look as though they're the wrong way round, um, can give you a really good run for your money this season.
0: Uh, Ren to beat Lyon, Nice to beat Monaco over the course of the season. And Steve, you're siding with Wren also, but against a different side.
1: Yeah, I'm siding with Wren uh, against Lille at plus 175. Uh, I think Wren are criminally underrated in the uh, outright markets here on Bet Rivers. I'm actually predicting Wren to finish as high as third. I really like what, I, what, what I'm seeing from the squad at the moment, there's a great feeling of stability around Wren. They've retained their manager, Bruno Genesio, which it looked like he was probably going to leave the club at some point last season. But um, I'm actually quite a fan of Genesio. I think at times he does have a little bit of tactical issues. But um, you can't deny, I mean, the home record the last two years, they've won 29 out of their last 38 home games in the league. So it's an absolute fortress of a place at home. They just need to improve their away form a little bit. The only um, hole for me in the squad, is it right back? If they can just sort the right back issue out, um, they've lost to Mario Traore, then I think this squad is looking pretty good. They've got the likes of Martin Terrier, who uh, will be coming back from an ACL injury, probably available in the autumn. That's a nice little boost to have. There's a lot of quality in the squad. They've added Enzo Le and Ludovic Blas, two brilliant uh, signings in sort of creative attacking areas. Um, and I think, um, you know, they're in Europe, but they're used to playing in Europe. I nearly backed them at plus 200 to finish in the top four. I think that could be a really good pick. But I just need them to beat Lille here at plus 175. And this is not so much of a, as a of a shoe in as, as James's uh, pick. I, I think Ren will comfortably beat Leon. Lille are looking a, a bit better, but there's a big question mark for me with Lille about the future of Jonathan David. Now, at the moment, they're saying, no, we're, we're going to keep him for the whole season. But I know what teams are like in Europe. I know what the transfer market's like. He's a much-coveted striker. If he's, even if he stays beyond August, there's a chance he could go in, in January. He scored 24 goals last season for, for Lille the Jonathan David. He's a massive player for them. I really like how Paulo Fonseca uh, played his style last year at LOSC. But... Um, over the course of a whole season, I would personally be back in Rennes to finish above them. Lille have also got to deal with European football again. They're in the Conference League. They're probably more likely to go deeper, actually, in that competition than, than uh, Ren are in, in the Europa League. So, plus 175 just look really way too big. I think this is really more of a pick'em market. Probably should be maybe minus 110 apiece. If anything, Ren may be a slight favourite. So, I'm really value hunting here. I think they can certainly finish it. But even if both teams just, say, had a really poor below-par season, I just need them to finish above Lille. So, plus 175 made a lot of sense to me. I do like uh, Ren this season. Three chunky match bets,
0: shoe-ins. We like the language. Is this another one for Lewandowski when it comes to top goalscorer betting in Spain or just in his career, Rory, because he was top goalscorer in Germany for the last five seasons he played there. Then he did it again in Spain in his first year in La Liga. Only 23 goals. Just looking at the stats, fewest by a golden boot winner in Spain since Diego Tristan. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Uh, a long time ago for, for Deportivo. But Rory, judging by the market here, and it's Lewandowski at a very short price, minus 177. Vinicius Junior and Griezmann, both plus 1,400. There's a spectacular lock, a lack of
3: opposition, it would appear to me. Yeah, I thought we'd uh, just address this market so that people were, were kind of sure of our views on it. But yeah, Lewandowski, I mean if memory serves me, I think it's Diego Forlan was the last person that didn't play for Real Madrid and Barcelona to take the golden boot off of a Real Madrid or Barcelona player. So, yeah, Lewandowski has to be the favourite for Barcelona. And then you look at Real Madrid, you've got Vinicius Junior, who I think will score a lot more goals this season. I think it was only kind of 13 or so that he actually got in La Liga. Um, he did get more in the Champions League, but he will score more goals. But Lewandowski is just a cut above everyone else in terms of finishing in La Liga right now. Again, there's the Mbappe factor. I think you could possibly make him the favourite, but uh, I can't exactly recommend a bet for a player who's not on that team. So, yeah, Lewandowski, clear favourite. I think anything else is, um, yeah, chancing your arm, to, to say the least.
1: Steve, you've got a bit of an angle in maybe in this one? Well, it's interesting that the Better Rivers have put a goal line up for Lewandowski, 23-and-a-half. And I think it's a bit of a sloppy line. Um, I think they've just l- simply looked at, oh, he scored 23 goals last season, so we'll, we'll put the line at 23-and-a-half. And, a half. and um, I- I'd very nearly back this as an official pick, actually. This is um, overs we're looking at, then, eh? Yeah, I would yeah. look overs rather than unders, because Lewandowski, I know he's a year older now, but in the past, he's been an absolute goal-scoring machine. Barcelona it felt they won so many matches like 1-0 or 2-0 last season i mean is that really going to continue surely they're going to hammer a few more sides this this year which might put him in you know scoring even more goals on the flip side if they go deeper in europe especially champions league he might be rested more um obviously we know maybe saying bappe came into the league then the, the top scorer Minus one seven seven looks <laughs> pretty pretty short, doesn't it? So that's why I would personally, I would probably take the his actual goal line over twenty three and a half goals if I was liking him to have a good season. And I think he will. I think something like twenty six goals, twenty seven feels about right in that sort of team. So it's worth looking at all the markets that are available uh, without right betting. But it's um, at the moment, yeah, I agree with with Rory. It's very hard to see him not being the top scorer um, at the current state of play.
0: Uh, let's just get some best bets before we wrap up completely then of all the selections that you've given us over the course of the last what 40 45 minutes or so James what would you say is is your best bet of the picks that you've given
2: my best bet very clearly for me is the match bet Dan on Ren to beat Leon which is to finish above them in the league one table table and that's available at 130
0: uh Rory what's your best bet of the picks that you've given
2: yeah, I'm going Jude Bellingham over
3: six and a half goals at minus one three nine. I think that's uh, yeah, it's just not guaranteed, obviously, but uh, there's a good chance of it. Jude Bellingham to score over six and a half goals.
1: And Steve, what's your best bet? I'm gonna say Marseille without PSG market over the course of a whole season. I think Marseille, at worst, do get do get second place.
0: Steve, James, Rory, thanks for your company. Look forward to seeing you all on the European show over the course of the season and something a little different when it comes to our show this year or will be uh, revealed on Thursday. It is James and Roy. You are going head to head, aren't you on Thursday? got yes. that right. Yes. Yeah. Battle lines drawn uh, for now, though, that is uh, a wrap for the league and La Liga future show. We're going to be back later this week with a rundown of the best bets from uh, week one across the continent. Steve's got some picks for us uh, as well. So make sure you join us then and make sure you stay across all of the Bet Rivers content at Because We Win. Bye for now.